Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I'm thrilled they're supportive of this podcast. Stick around to the end of this Campfire Conversation to learn more about Scope, or press pause and head on over to them on the web at scopeusa.org. For the past couple of campfire conversations, we've been learning about girls and boys through the prism of single-sex summer camps. We spoke with Ginger Clare, who runs Camp Kippewa for Girls, and then her compatriot, right next door, really, uh, and speaking with Josh Holland, who runs Camp Cobbesee for Boys. And we learned a lot through that process, but I wanted to talk to a family that has been working with girls and boys at the same time to see if we could tease out any differences or similarities. Thankfully, we have Jed and Carolyn Dorfman sitting around the campfire tonight talking with me. I've known Jed since I first got around the director's table at the camp group a number of years ago, and we've been good friends ever since talking SEC football and summer camp. Always a lot of fun. And Carolyn, thankfully, came into things and blew us both away, being so much more athletic than either one of us ever hoped to be, and also a lot smarter. I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation. I certainly did, as I I learned actually quite a bit, and I got a lot of answers that I wasn't really expecting. So I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation with Carolyn and Jed Dorfman. Jed and Carolyn Dorfman, thank you so much for joining me around the campfire. We're so happy to be here with you, Cole. Awesome. Well, you know, we have known each other really ever since we got into camping. Um, I know, Jed, you and I met in 2002, uh, right before the summer, and you were at Walt Whitman, and then Carolyn thankfully came on board in 2006 and set everything right there. <laughs> thankfully, um, thankfully. How, how did you guys meet? I mean, it's Valentine's Day today while we recorded this. I'd love to know how you guys met, because I've never heard the story. It, it is Valentine's Day. So in 2002, I was working at Walt Whitman. I wasn't the director yet. My parents were still running camp. Uh, but I had, along with a couple of other camp directors, started a camp called America's Camp, which was a camp for kids who lost a parent in 9-11. And we were running it. It was a one-week camp. We were running it after Walt Whitman ended. And uh, so 2002, when you and I met, that was the first summer we ran it. And... uh, and, and so I was a co-director of that. And in 2004, uh, there was this young woman who showed up to work at America's Camp. And Carolyn, who will uh, jump in here, was working at a foundation in New York City for kids who had lost, no, what was it for? <laughs> for kids who lost a parent in law enforcement or firefighting. So not, 
you know, specifically 9-11 kids, just that was sort of the population that the organization was um, working with. And so the, my board of directors came up to me and said, hey, we want you to go to America's camp. It's a one-week camp. Some of our, you know, some of our kids attend. And I jumped mm-hmm. at the opportunity to leave the city and go to camp for a week. <laughs> so I, you know, took the, the bus up to Berkshires and um, that's where Jed and I met. That's where Carolyn started dating the very tan, well-built English waterfront director. (laughs) And even though he was a volunteer and a really good one, I made the camp director decision that he could not return to America's camp. (laughs) (laughs) So long story short, with some other, you know, stories in between, uh, Jen and I, that's where we met. And I have always, you know, I I played college basketball and always had a, you know, I loved working with kids and coaching and teaching. And it was just such an amazing opportunity. So I left my job at the foundation. Jed and I were the directors at Walt Whitman and his parents were transitioning out. So we had the opportunity to work with um, Jed's mom and dad for a few years. And this will be his and my 13th summer running camp together. And our three kids attend Walt Whitman with us. And I just feel like I have the best job in the world. It's it's a gift, isn't it, to be able to do what we do uh, with our families? It's the best. I, I uh, you know so, sometimes find myself pinching myself that this is our real life that uh, we get to have this kind of job where we, we get to have the influence and impact we do on kids and staff alike, um, and that Carolyn and I get to do it together makes it really special. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Well, you know, I know Walt Woodman Coed Camp. You know, the camp that I run with Coed Coed Camp. You know, we've got girls and boys ages, you know, six to 16, and you've got all the, the male and female staff members, you know, everybody who's, you know, 19 on up to, you know, however old our, our oldest are. Um, are we playing with fire? <laughs> We're running a camp with, with boys and girls and male and female staff, or, or is it the most natural thing in the world? You know, it's such a good question, Cole. And I think that there are so many benefits to camps that are set up both ways. We have really good friends who run single gender camps and they will list incredible benefits that they feel uh, their camps to offer, whether they're all boys or all girls. Um, That said, I I think what kids and staff get out of a co-ed experience is amazing. And so is there a sense that you're playing with fire? Sure. There are things that you um, are aware of that, that, uh, you know, are a little bit different than people at a single sex camp might experience, but I'll take that fire anytime because I think what kids get and what staff get out of this is life changing and life altering from the co-ed standpoint. And I think, you know, we live in a co-ed world and the way I look at it is that I feel it's, you know, our duty to work with our boys and our girls and to teach them the skills that they're going to take with them through life. And especially when you look at what's going on now with, you know, politically and sort of it was in society, like I feel really blessed that we get to work with this group of youth and get to provide a really safe place for them to have these have real relationships with the opposite gender because I think that that is only going to make them better 
in everything they do, both, mm-hmm. you know, academically, professionally, personally. So I really look at it as like that we have the most amazing opportunity to influence them and to teach them and to guide them and to help them. And we learn from them every summer and they learn from us. And I feel really lucky that we get to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, building the skills in our, in our campers. And, and I've had experience at an all-girls camp. I've had experience at an all-boys camp. And I'll be honest, the first time I got to a Quake, which co-ed camp, we went into the one big kind of uh, community hall, we call it uh, the activity center. And I was sitting there counting doors, like, all right, where are the entrance and exits? Like, are you kidding me? Right. right. <laughs> you know, and thankfully, you know, I've, I've realized that it's, it's not even close to, to that situation. It's more a function of, all right, what can we do here to build a sense of community and build those skills in those kids? And really, when you get down to it, there's so much that is exactly the same in terms of what we want out of uh, the experience for our kids, whether they're boys or girls or whether they're old or young. You know, we want them to build the independence. We want them to build empathy. We want them to be able to, to build teamwork. We want them to develop some leadership, to, to work on their courage, to work on their gratitude. And that doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl or where you're from. That's right. And, that doesn't, and, and those things, that's just part of being at that camp. That's whether you're at a single sex camp or a co-ed camp. Those are the camp benefits that we all want for all campers. And I don't know a camp director who, who, who doesn't want those things, right? Right, exactly. My question is, though, how do we reach them? I mean, do you guys find that, that boys and girls are different? Are they the same? Like, where do you guys see that? I, I think there are definite differences. I think that differences or what we know about the differences um, have changed in just the 13 years that Carolyn and I have been doing this together. Uh, How so? So so here's, so let me give a little bit. When, uh, during our staff trainings, I think so much of what you accomplish with kids starts with what you accomplish with staff Yes. and setting the tone with staff and creating this environment of respect for everybody and no matter their gender and all, all the stuff that we'll talk about. Um, and so during our training, we talk about that the way that we are co-ed, it's one, it's one of our five core values. And we talk about uh, teaching staff and teaching kids uh, to appreciate somebody for who they are, not for what they look like. And so you can really develop friendships with people just because they're great people, mm-hmm. um, which doubles the amount of friendships you can have in the world. Um, And a lot of that starts, we we have a session in training uh, with staff. And we used to run it as a boys session and a girls session, separate. And when I was, before I was the director, even in my first year or two as a director, the boys session was essentially, you can't call girls babe and hun and sweetie. um, And you know, depending on where you come from in the world, like that might be normal. And the girls session was, you can't flush your sanitary products down the toilets here. (laughs) Um, And and that was really where we were starting from. And then we (laughs) educated ourselves. It was a very deep session. Yes, exactly. That's right. and, uh, and, and Cole, since you know my father, you can see him running uh, yeah, those sessions. Um, and, and then we really were increasing our level of education and went to lots of great conferences and worked really closely with um, Catherine Steiner there. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, we started really incorporating sessions about how boys and girls are different. 
and mm-hmm. biologically how they're different and what it's like to be a boy growing up in the world today, what it's like being a girl growing up in the world today. And we framed it as these are big, broad brushstrokes. And we understand that this isn't the same for everybody, but we had like this real detail. And for the first few years we ran that, it was a huge hit and a huge success. And then I think uh, staff made us aware that much of what we were teaching was outdated and how we were defining uh, gender and gender roles and how we were actually putting people into boxes that we were trying to get them out of. Um, And so we had to further educate ourselves in the last few years about how kids view gender today um, and retrain staff um, and really retrain ourselves. And in many ways, the kids were teaching us. Huh. That's, that's, it's amazing progression. What, where are you guys at now? Like, you know, Carolyn, when you guys go to sit down and talk with the staff members, you know, what, what are some of the things you're telling them um, about how to prepare for, you know, the onslaught of all these great kids coming our way? You know, I think when it sort of goes back to the question you asked, like, are boys and girls different? And, you know, I, I approach is like, everyone's different, right? Every child comes to camp different. And to me, it's not what gender they are. It's figuring out, you know, what makes each of our campers and each of our staff different and then engaging with them and connecting with them and making sure that they're having a meaningful camp experience, which is what, you know, we all want for them. So when we sit down with our staff and talk about these kids coming in, yeah, I mean, there's going to be certain behavior that might occur more on boys' side and different behavior that may occur more on girl side mm-hmm. and so we're, we're addressing those but it's also knowing that each kid doesn't you know it surprises us every summer so it's really teaching the staff how do we get to know those kids on an individual level so that we can best serve them and give them the best camp experience and I don't think it really matters what I don't think it matters what the gender is it's just who they are as a person yep Absolutely. But, you know, you know, from my standpoint, I look at it and I, there are certainly some very specific themes that you can see between girls and boys. You know, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, girls to me come to camp earlier on more for the relationships and boys come more for the activities. And certainly there's a spectrum there. Um, but then as they get older and older, it's more about the connection that I see them build with each other across the entirety of the camp and less about like what you get to do. It's more about who I get to be. I think that's right on, Cole. And I think that one of the things that we see, and I think, and then I think comes back to one of the things that makes co-ed camping so great, is when kids go away to camp, they discover who they can be and who their best self can be. And, um, and I think that's happening at all really good camps. What's so great in a co-ed environment is they learn they can do that in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. And they can go back to their real world lives and boys can be comfortable being themselves no matter who they're around and girls learn that they can be comfortable with their selves no matter who they're around. Um, and I think that that is really powerful. And I think that sense that, um, I can just be me no matter what. And then Carolyn and I get to see it and witness it, not only with our own kids, but on the occasions that we're invited to camper bar bat mitzvahs, Mm-hmm. And we see the kids who went to sleepaway camp, who went to co-ed camps, they're hanging around and they're talking to each other and they're like so happy to be seeing each other. And then they have these inc- 
incredibly close friendships and really friendships. Mm -hmm. And then you see other kids who might not have had a co-ed camp experience, who the boys are hanging out with the boys on the side and the girls are hanging out with the girls on their side. And they have close friendships, but it doesn't seem to be the co-ed friendships, which I think is such a gift that co-ed camp gives to kids. Well, I guess that, you know, as a, as a parent, I mean, I've got three, y'all got three. How, how do we keep that going for kids back home? Because, you know, we get them into this little environment at camp where we get to control so much of the experience and the community and the culture. And then all of a sudden they go back into the real world and they're very different messages that are being put out, you know, to our young men and women when they go out into the world. How can we help them keep what they've taken from camp going while they're being inundated with all those different messages? Right. And I think that's just what we need to do as camp directors and just continue to reinforce that. Like, you know, we talk about it at a closing campfire, right? You're going to leave here and you're going to take a, a, a piece of camp with you. And we always say our hope is, is that you're going to go back to your schools, go back to your community, go back to your neighborhoods and make it better because of your experience at Walt Whitman. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we can reinforce that with kids and also with their parents, right? Because I think the parents also see their camper arrive home after their time with us just more confident, more competent, like they're ready to take on the world in a good way. And so I think if we can just continue to remind campers and to remind parents to be the best version of themselves and, and be who they are at camp and be okay with that. And I know it's tough, right? Our oldest right now is in fifth. She's going to be entering middle school next year. And like, it is, you know, I know that she's going to be okay, but I also know that she's going to be, you know, she's going to be challenged and exposed to some things that, you know, she needs to be exposed and challenged to. But my hope is, is that because of her Walt Women experience and because of the, you know, the skills that she has learned at camp, she's going to go into that experience stronger and smarter and more confident and know that she can be the best version of, of herself and find the people that love her and, you know, appreciate her for that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's just the the biggest challenge that we face. What are the messages that you guys see out in the world as parents of of boys and girls that concern you most right now? Well, I think it's just for me as a mom of a daughter, you know, and of two sons, it's just really what the, you know, unfortunately, like the, it's just social media, right? That they're just constantly bombarded by these images of, of, celebrities of influencers like when did an influencer become like a legitimate <laughs> thing but it is and they're bombarded by these images and then you know I even see it with our my daughter's friends like then you know like just what they're, they're they're trying to like copy some of this stuff and it mm. you know it just it it makes me like one really sad and nervous and scared and like so many so many as a parent and I just think that 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 constant what kids are expect girls are like still expected to look like and what they're expected to do. And I mean, we're raising a really, you know, we're a pretty, we're a very sporty family and I love that my daughter, like and my sons, but especially my daughter, like loves to be on the sports field and on the basketball court and loves to get dirty. And I I just want to continue to reinforce that as much as we can. Um, Because I think it's, you know, it's what she, the other side of just this exposure of all this social media is really, you know, it's a lot for them. Yeah, absolutely. And Jen, what about you from a boy's standpoint? I just want to add on to that because the, the, the social media is perhaps more prevalent 
uh, in kids' lives than things were when than you were growing up or when we were growing up, mm-hmm. and we were growing up at the same time. Um, <laughs> but but that existed then too, right? I mean, it was what kids saw in magazines. Maybe that was different. So so I, I think the issue continues to be um, gender stereotypes, um, and, which it was when we were growing up and and today. Um, and then to Carolyn's point that uh, kids feel they need to look a certain way or be a certain way because that's what uh, that's what they're seeing. You know, now they're seeing it on social media or with influencers as opposed to on TV or in magazines. Yeah, and, and as parents, we don't get to control those images nearly as much as our parents did. You know, right. because they got the phone or they've got the computer and they can see whatever they want. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, well, I mean, my influencers were Crockett and Tubbs from Miami Vice. I mean, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I wanted to go and be. You know, now all of a sudden, you know, you have Snapchat and you can see all the influencers all the time and, and you don't know who these people are. I mean, at least my, our parents could turn on the TV and say, oh, okay, that's, that's what they're looking at. Now I have, right. you can have no idea. And that's, a, that's, I think, one of the great things about camp is that all that stuff goes away. You know, the only quote unquote influencers that we have at camp are the counselors. That's right. Um, and, and we, as camp directors, put them through this enormous, you know, checklist of who are they before they get to camp. And then once they get to camp, teach them and train them and make sure we're comfortable. And then the kids show up. I think that that, that is, is, is right on, Cole. And I think that that makes such a difference that, and again, this isn't just co-ed camp. This is camp. Absolutely. They are getting these incredible role models, removing the social media from their lives. And the influencers are great college age and older uh, adults who are really intentional about whatever the, whatever camp it is, what um, the top camps in the country are really intentional about the messages they're teaching kids. And I think that's really powerful. Yep. Absolutely. So in your experience, I mean, you guys have worked with, you know, thousands of, of families over time. Um, what do you think parents get what do you think they have? parents have wrong about looking at a girl versus looking at a boy? What are some of the, the typical things you see? It's like, oh, well, you know, I, I see that most often. I mean, I, I you know, have the pleasure of, of speaking with most parents initially when they call and are interested in camp. And I'm always still fascinated today when I ask the parent to like, just, you know, tell me a little bit about your child, right? Because I mm-hmm. want to get to know them. And, and I'm always amazed when parents like still feel like that they that they need to make an excuse if their son isn't like Jed said, stereotypically like a boy, he's not super sporty. He's not like, he he has different interests. Like maybe he likes the theater and takes dance class. And it's, and I, you know, that's even to this day, parents sometimes feel like they need to like apologize for that. Or like, you know, he's not like your typical boy. And I I hate that that term is still like even out there. Right. Because every child is not, no one's typical. Everyone's different. And so I'm always talking to parents like, uh, it doesn't matter what your child's interests are, boy or girl. Like, I just want to know who they are and what their what, what their interests are, but I, not to make excuses for their child or be embarrassed that their child might not be, like Jed said, typical, like, boy or typical girl. And, and along those lines, when parents' children don't have the same interests that the parent might have, I think, right. you know, that is often um, where you get into this, Again, not excuse making, but right. this feeling that they have to justify that their kid is different. If you have, um, again, going broad stereotypes here, a father who was a jock, you know, a jock growing up, and his child isn't today. Um, I think for parents, and this isn't just 
camp parents as all parents to recognize that your kids are your kids um, and they may or may not have the same interests as you, but to allow them to explore those interests and develop those interests and find out what those things are and recognize, you know what, you may have dreamed about taking your kids to baseball games or sitting on the couch and watching football games and maybe your kids aren't into that and, you know, help them explore what, what, what they love and what they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And then it might open up your own world you know, a bit. I've certainly learned a whole lot more about robotics than I ever knew. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, and coming back to, to, you know, this whole topic, I think one of the great things about co-ed camp is just the way it allows, um, it, it allows everyone to sort of challenge gender stereotypes, period, right? And kids meet friends and they're in a cabin with someone who is totally different from them and has totally inter- different interests from them. Um, and people of the opposite gender who, um, you know, may or may not fit into what the stereotypes might be. And they, and they, it breaks, you know, you can break down those stereotypes. You're like, Oh, she's such a fun person to be around, or he's such a fun person to be around and not at all. Like my friends back home. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stereotypes of what a boy should be or a girl should be like, it just doesn't play at camp. It's not, it, it's, you know, so it breaks it down and it makes it real and it makes it human. And that comes back to when they leave camp and when they go back to their communities, if they bring that with them, um, that knowledge, then it allows them to experience the world differently when they're home. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a funny story this reminds me of, uh, I, you know, our children obviously grow up at camp and they can get into a little bit of a rut. You know, for us, we're, we're a choice-based camp. And I told our middle son, Jack, at one point, look, I don't care what you do. You have to do something totally different this summer. Or just pick one thing, something you've never done. And about a weekend at camp, I ran across them because I try to stay away, you know, from my kids so they can have their own camp experience. And I said, so tell me, what's the one thing that you're doing differently? He goes, dad, I joined the dance team. I'm like, oh, okay. So of course I go immediately to the dance instructor. I'm like, what's going on here? Like, is he okay? Like, is he really screwing things up or is he really doing it? It's like, cool. He's really into it. Like this is like, he's in the hip hop stuff. They wound up going to the, the team show or whatever it was, the competition finishing third, came back. It looked like he had you know, won a gold medal. He was so excited, you know, uh, but it's something he had never would have done had he not been at camp. Right. And I do that. And I think that's another great piece of the co-ed camp experiences because we're, you know, trying to, you know, we have both boys and girls at camp I think the programming that we're allowed that we offer at camp is just going to be like more diverse, right? They, to your point that boys can do the dance and the gymnastics. Like at an all boys camp, I doubt that gymnastics and dance is offered or available to them. And on the flip side of it, that girls are going to be exposed to and expected to play like all the sports and do all the things just that, you know, the boys can do as well. So I love at Walt Whitman that we're able that kids can come and try on different hats. And to your point about your story, like try something that they probably wouldn't do at home. Right. When I walk into the art studio and see our boys painting and like get totally getting into this art project that they're doing, they, they love that because they never really get an opportunity to, to do that and express themselves in that way. So I do love that at a co-ed environment, there's just, I think, I think there's more available to both boys and girls. Awesome. And more acceptance, right? And, and again, I'm, 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 I'm stereotyping uh, what I have not worked at an all boys camp or an all girls camp. Um, but I think there's just this acceptance that you can be a girl and be so psyched to be in the woodworking studio um, or, or a boy who's so psyched to be at ceramics or theater. And that's just like becomes part of camp and part of the experience. 
Yeah. You know, I've had great conversations with two good friends of yours, Ginger Clare and, and Josh Holland, um, and both have, have made this talk, same kind of talk that more and more they're seeing single-sex camps provide a much broader opportunity set for kids because, you know, boys are more interested now in into the theater and the you know more creative side of things and girls want to do more of the hands-on and more of the athletic stuff so you know it's really kind of interesting talking to you know kind of three different sets of camps and seeing how the roads are converging you know more and more certainly more than they were you know 15 20 years ago when we got started in camping that's right and and I'll say this Cole one one of my uh, one of my favorite moments from our camp career um at Walt Whitman, we have this big outdoor hiking and camping program. And our kids, everyone goes on a day hike once a week. And then as they get older, they can choose to go on three or five day backpacking trips. Ooh, awesome. And we have this one trip. It's the hardest trip we have in camp. It's called the AT Challenge, where the campers hike out from camp. And in five days, hike almost 100 miles from camp along the Appalachian Trail up and over Mount Washington. Wow. It is an unbelievably difficult experience. Um, And every year there's maybe four or five kids who do it. Um, And two years ago, for the first time, we had a group that was an all-girls group do the AT Challenge. Nice. Um, And this sense of excitement and accomplishment when they came back – Oh, I just got chills. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was I, I was on the front lawn. I'll never forget. I was on the front lawn just, you know, hanging out with kids. We were playing Uno or doing whatever you do at camp with kids. Sure. Yep. And all of a sudden I see our black suburban, our camp black suburban come driving down into camp, which like they never do with music blaring on top of this. What? Like school. Like, and wait, I'm just, wait, wait. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. And I, like, I mean, immediately I like stand up. I put my camp director and I'm like, you know, my camp director mad face. I'm like, who's driving? And the, this SUV, the suburban stops, the doors open up. These girls come out of the SUV and they are, like Jed said, like no other word, like just on top. Yeah, on top. fire. And oh, that's awesome. Some of their, their friends were waiting for them. They are like hugging each other. They're so tired. They can barely stand, right? They just want to like <laughs> fall to the ground. And I just look and I like got a little like, you know, emotional because I looked at these girls. We've seen them grow up at camp. They started with us when they were eight years old. They said they were going to do it together when they were like 11 years old. When we, and they did it together and they wanted to quit. And I said to them like, how many times did you want to quit? They're like, like 15 times every day they thought about quitting, <laughs> but they didn't, you know, they did it. I think to have, and we'd ha- we've had girls complete that trip before, but we'd never had like a girls only trip. And it was one of those moments as like a camp director and as a woman that I will like, ne- like will be seared in my memory for like ever and ever. Um, and it was just like a really special moment to see the girls do that. And then to see them, come into camp and how like everybody was just in awe of what they did and what they accomplished. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I'm and so happy talk, you shared that. You talk, about, <laughs> talk about how camp stays with them to then that year, this was two years ago, mm-hmm. three of them set, obviously go to different schools. They wrote essays about that experience, which we were so fortunate their parents forwarded to us. Um, and for their sense of 
I can accomplish anything. I learned what it is to overcome adversity. I learned how teamwork can make such a huge difference and how to be a support for other people. And like those kind of life lessons in a, uh, that they learn at sleepaway camp and have a real world impact was like amazing. It's, it's what we dream of as camp directors. Yeah, that's why you do it. That's right. Tell that's you right. why you do it. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, y'all, the, the campfire is getting a little low here. I, I, before I, I set you guys back to doing what you're doing, what are some podcasts, books, blogs, magazine articles, what are some resources that, that you've found helpful um, learning about the differences between girls and boys that we can pass on to, to our listeners? You know, I, I, I think it comes back to something that Carolyn said earlier, is that I think the the – the 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 literature that we've been really focused on most recently has just been about raising powerful, resilient, gritty kids, mm-hmm. um, and recognizing that sure there are differences in boys and girls, but there's just differences in kids. Period. And uh, I mean, early on in our in our careers, we both read uh, Raising Cain, which we thought was amazing about uh, boys growing up. Um, well, you, you, there was a lot. I mean, there's lots of you know the girl specific books, you know, like the Queen Bees and Wannabes, like that whole genre of books. But now, now I think, like Jed said, our focus is more just on child development because I think you know, like we said, every kid is different. Their gender is a part of it, obviously, but we, you know, there's also a, a larger part of that. And so our our reading and education and focus has been more on that. And Cole, to something you said earlier, when you talked about how um, the camps, what boys' camps, girls' camps, co-ed camps are offering is getting closer and closer, um, you know, this, this would be a different campfire talk that, that, that we can have, is just in general, the, uh, you know, it comes back to, to gender, how, um, you know, with the gender stereotypes in society breaking down, how much you know, when we come to raising children, you know, our definitions of what a boy is and what a girl is and how the, how we defined it growing up versus the way they're defined on a spectrum today. And, um, you know, it's just a fascinating topic and, and had to be a whole change in our outlook as camp directors. Yep. Yeah, things are definitely, you know, moving and shaking. It's funny because we come from a very traditional world, I think. But the the more we get into society and the further along we go, we realize that there are certain traditions like caring for children, building community that have to continue on, but how we do it might change a bit um, and, and modify over time, honestly, because it has to. And if, if we don't change, then, you know, odds are we won't be around very long uh, to continue to enjoy what we do. That's right. That's right. Awesome. And I think that's whether, uh, you know, I, I think as camp directors, that's where the excitement comes that each year you're increasing your knowledge and your education and going to conferences and reading books because kids change and the world changes. And, uh, but what we're doing and the value of what we're doing doesn't change. And I think we want to keep being able to offer it at the highest level possible. Here, here. Awesome. Well, great. Well, y'all, before I let you go, how can people learn more about where you guys are and what you do? Well, you can Learn about Camp Walt Whitman on our website, which is campwalt.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, but really, our website is the best place to go and see our videos and get a real sense of what our co-ed community is like and the impact that we're really intentional about having on children. Having been to Walt Whitman and seeing see it and seeing it in action and, and to know 
you know, Jed, where you came from, you know, in terms of your parents, Bill and Jancy, could not have been more incredible role models, you know, for really anybody, uh, much less camp people. They just were, were, and Bill still is the best. Um, and I really appreciate what you guys do. And I appreciate you spending some time around the campfire so I can learn from you. Well, Cole, we enjoyed this tremendously. And I love that you're doing this podcast. Um, can't wait to see you soon. Yeah. And, uh, thanks for having us on. Thanks, Paul. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. I so enjoy sitting around and listening to Jed and Carolyn. They're such great people and come at child development from such a wonderful place. They kept touching on a theme that we've heard now in talking with Ginger and in talking with Josh about girls and then about boys, that the gender stereotypes that uh, many of us grew up with are really going away very quickly, that there are so many different ways for boys to be boys and girls to be girls. And it's such a wonderful and refreshing time in which to allow our kids to explore their interests. And that's what it is. It's their interest rather than our expectations or culture's expectations, or frankly, sometimes their parents' expectations. Thankfully, we have people like Carolyn and Jed and Ginger and Josh to help lead us and lead our kids to becoming their best selves in whatever interest area that might be. So I think we can hopefully take a lot from that. I know I certainly have, and I hope you have as well. These conversations around the campfire have been wonderful for me uh, so far, and, and I am so happy to continue doing it. If you've enjoyed it, I hope you'll take a minute and leave a review somewhere, whether it be on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or whichever platform you're using to listen to, and I hope you'll bring a friend or two. Again, we have a very big campfire, and it's open to everybody. Until we speak again next week, have a grateful week. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting Scope. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at supportscope.